Ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. All right. Welcome to the first episode of the Bush League podcast, a Cardinals podcast hosted by Dalton Thompson and Zach Ashby. I'm Dalton Thompson. And I'm Zach Ashby. And we are Cardinals fans. If you can't tell by the name of the podcast, we are not just Cardinals fans. We are Cardinals fanatics. We live breathe and die by the birds on the bat and we are both very passionate about the cardinals and the moves they make and and the the product they put on the field and we've both been very passionate for a long time and we both have wanting to put that in some form of media and we are very excited to bring you the bush league podcast zach welcome to the podcast Thank you, Dalton. I appreciate this. This has been a quite some time of a dream that I I think is finally coming true now. So, yeah, but uh, Carl's baseball is just something I think we're both very passionate about. And very passionate. You know, I've been going I've been going games since Bush two and saw World Series and '06 there and or well that have been Bush three, but you know I remember going to games at Bush two and you know seeing those arches on the upper deck and uh it's just fantastic so well and what's crazy is i i truly don't remember going to any games at bush too and and zach you're a year younger than me aren't you what year did you graduate high yeah. school yeah uh, i've been 17. yeah so that's crazy i i don't remember any games at bush too which is frustrating to me because i i feel like my cardinals fandom really started in 2006 because i I don't have any memories of old Bush. You know, I, my parents went to a ton of games um, and took me to a ton of games growing up. And they, you know, they talk about all of these experiences we had at these games. And I, I mean, I, I was, you know, I'm doing the math in my head. I guess it would have been like seven at the time when uh, Bush two went to Bush three. But man, I, looking back at the, you know, videos of, you know, Mark McGuire hitting his home run, uh, you know, his, his 70th home run at, at Bush and, and whatnot. You know, I really wish I would have um, – I really wish I would have remembered a lot of that. Yeah, for some reason I can, like, visually see walking into Bush 2 and, like, going to games and sitting in the bleachers for some reason. And I also remember I can tell you games from – when Bush three started opening up, I can remember games from then. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird like that. Maybe it's just, I went so, so many times I could probably walk through both of those stadiums blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, we, we definitely have our specific sections we sit in when we go to Bush three now. So, um, but oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're super excited to start this podcast. I know, uh, Zach and I started talking about this probably a year ago, honestly, um, we weren't really sure what we wanted to do. We both knew that we both had a passion and, and had the need and the, the want to put out something and talk about Cardinals baseball instead of floating tweets out into, into the ether. But um, don't worry, we'll still do that. But it's, it's good to, to have somebody. I think what everybody's going to realize very, very quickly is that we're both super fans of the Cardinals, but are 
opinions differ in a lot of places. And I think that's the best part about being a fan of a team is that you can come together with so many people, especially in St. Louis, because baseball is basically all we have. You know, hockey is a, a big, big deal. But if hockey left tomorrow, you know, we still have yeah. baseball. Um, yeah. The Cardinals left. The world would end. So, you know, it's I, I think it's really cool that people can have differing opinions, different favorite players, different moments, things like that, and still come together as a fan base and really, um, you know, have meaningful conversations and, and insightful conversations. So with that being said, Zach, why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, um, my name is uh, Zach Ashby, and I um, I kind of grew up in St. Louis area. I grew up in, in Illinois as well, but came back and uh, played co- uh, collegiate ball over in St. Louis with Dalton, actually, uh, for about Spartan two up. years, two and a half years. Spartan, Spartan up. up. <laughs> we were a couple uh, right guys. About, yeah, we were the ba- battery. Yeah, yeah, we played a lot of – played a lot of battery mate games together yeah for sure um but uh you know played about two years college ball and then uh just moved on and joined the military and just been kind of floating around but now i'm back home so uh that's what just the time what we've been doing but yeah zach is a uh one of my favorite follows on twitter uh, you know, regardless of, of our friendship, you know, because I, he, he lives, breathes and dies Cardinals baseball. So whenever we started talking about this a long time ago, but recently within the last week, I, you know, I, I kind of had the itch for it. I was driving back from uh, my hometown after um, helping my parents move. And, you know, I, the more I thought about it, the more passion I got thinking about it. And the first person I thought of to start the podcast with was Zach because his, his, uh, you know, his Twitter following and his, his takes and, and just being the fan he is, I knew that he would be someone to someone great to bounce, um, you know, different carnal concepts and, and just the, being fans together. You know, I think that's the main thing is we were fans through and through, obviously no fan comes without blemish with, you know, what they think the team should do direction, you know, but the moral of the story is no matter what, we're going to be Cardinals fans for life. So regardless how much we not, might not like a player, a move, something, you know, we're, we're sticking through it side by side. So really glad that you uh, that you uh, took my call and that we're uh, we're doing this. I really appreciate it. No, I, I was more than happy to do it because I've honestly been thinking about this probably the last couple months I've been doing about, you know, been wanting to do this and now it's becoming a reality so hopefully this kind of takes off and uh hopefully it's something we can we can make bigger than bigger than anything so that's that's the plan that's uh i think that's ideally i think um well i'll introduce myself i'm I'm dalton thompson uh i was born and raised in a small town in southeast missouri named viburnum i uh Played college baseball for four years at Missouri Baptist, as Zach said. Um, now I'm a full-time real estate agent with Compass Realty Group in St. Louis. And I live, breathe, and die baseball as a whole, but most importantly, Cardinals baseball. I, uh, I, I've just, my entire life, I, I think really every memory I have 
growing up was centered in some form or fashion around baseball, but my favorite memories were centered around Cardinals baseball. You know, I, I think I, I just fell in love with the game at a really young age and I was very fired up to watch the Cardinals. You know, obviously we played baseball growing up, but baseball is such a, it, it can be a boring sport. You know, I don't think, I, I think the more you um, really look at it, it, it does become boring sometimes, but having the Cardinals to root for definitely softened the blow in a lot of scenarios because I, I mean, I was going through, uh, I was doing some research and um, since I've been born in 1997, the Cardinals haven't, let me, let me just double check this. I don't want to get my stats wrong because uh, I, I don't think, oh, I, think the Cardinals have missed, like I think the Cardinals have only missed the postseason three times since 1997. Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe this, maybe less. Let me look. Only one I can remember is 2000, 2000, uh, 2008 is the only one that, well, I guess I, oh, yeah. let me look, I'm looking. So they made it in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2009, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 19, 20, 21, 22. So I was off, but I mean, the moral of the story is they have made it yeah. a good 75% of my entire existence, you know? So it's a, uh, it's probably the most solid organization besides probably the Yankees. We have a huge bias, but I definitely agree. I mean, even, even in that sentiment, I mean, the, I think the Cardinals have been so enriched in, in winning for so long that the years where they don't really produce a great product, it feels like a, you know, even if they make the playoffs, if the Cardinals lose in the mm -hmm. NLDS, we're, we're pissed. I mean, like, yeah, you know, other teams, they're, they're happy to make it, you know, obviously everyone wants to win a world series, but some teams don't see playoff berths, you know, in decades, you know, the Mariners. Yeah. Hadn't won a postseason game until last year, you know, in their entire existence. So that to me is crazy. They were fired up about that. It's crazy, you know, and like for us, it's like you get through the NLDS and then that's like really when the postseason starts, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. but it's very, you know, we've been very blessed growing up to, to watch such a good product. So um, I'm really excited to see where they're going too, which kind of leads us into our first, uh, first topic. Let's talk about the 2022 season. Um, initially, you know, just okay. doing some research, um, you know, and, and being, trying to be a little proactive. I, I was looking at some of the stats and, and whatnot. One that really stood out to me was how solid the middle of the lineup was the entire year. I mean, you know, we obviously will hit the, you know, the, play the hits, you know, obviously Goldschmidt won the, won the MVP, MVP, Helsley was lights out in the bullpen. Um, Arenado had his best season to date with the Cardinals. Um, and I would say probably um, as far as production goes, I'd say probably one of his best seasons of his career, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a, it's a 90, 93 win season, uh, you know, winning the central, uh, the only thing downside is losing that wild card to the Phillies, but 
that was a World Series team. So, I mean, I guess you can't be too mad about that. Um, but I'll give you some pitching stats because, to me, that's probably the number one killer of the Cardinal season this year. So, between starting pitching and pitching, they had a 3.79 ERA. So, I mean, it's okay. It's pretty uh, average. They're 15, it's pretty middle of the yeah, line. Yeah, 15th in the NL in strikeouts, which, oh boy. Um, they had a 7.4 strikeout per nine and a 3.1 baseball balls per nine. So, you know, average numbers, um, but... You know, I would I would have liked to seen, you know, better results for our pitching because there was just some there's just some weeks we had in that season that they were just get absolutely just torched. But um, I feel like in you know, in you know, my opinion, I feel like the Cardinals really they are just a streaky team. I mean, they are. I feel like it, they, this is this. It happens every year. So they start off hot. And then once like middle of August, late July rolls around, it's like it's not even the same team. Yeah. And then September rolls around, and they just absolutely just they go on. They're on fire. I mean, like yeah, that beginning of the season lull is real. I mean, it, you know, it it's it's tough to watch sometimes. Like the dog days of summer really is a a, tr- a, a true testament of your your fandom. You know, the I feel like the biggest piece of the puzzle last season that that really disappointed me was their starting pitching kind of what kind of back on what you were talking about and leading up to the trade deadline i truly i truly thought we were going to end up pretty far below the brewers you know i i didn't i didn't have high hopes let's just put it that way i i was not expecting them to uh you know be be as successful in those the late late part of the season just because our starting pitching was so all over the place i mean it it just you there was no sense of consistency the entire season and obviously you know flaherty going down and, and never really um catching his footing and you know things like that i i mean going out and getting quintana and montgomery was uh that was the save of the year it, it quite literally saved the Cardinals season. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very upset that we didn't resign Quintana. I really think he was a serviceable yep. lefty, probably, you know, second, third, I'd say in our rotation, even everybody healthy. I mean, he's probably our, he's probably our two, two, you know, solid two, three, yep. you know, mm-hmm. consistently. I, I'd like to think Flaherty has the ability to become an ace, but you know, if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't find it like he did, um, you know, in 2019, um, you know, I, I think Flaherty's, you know, kind of on his last legs as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to him because, you know, they, I think we resigned him one year this year. Yeah, right? they, I then, think they might have uh, avoided arbitration um, or maybe they – yeah, they avoided arbitration with him. So they agreed to a one-year yeah. deal. This is his last season, though. I mean, he next season he's a free agent. Um, you know, I, I I don't have high hopes for for them to resign him. And yeah, you know, if he doesn't perform well this year, I oh well. I mean, yeah, you know, let him walk. That's I think that's kind yeah. of and and if I had to guess, that's probably I'd I'd feel like the front office kind of feels the same way. You know, it's it sucks that 
Uh, he's been so injury riddled, and it sucks that he hasn't quite found that spark and fire that he had in 2019 and, and even like, you know, 2018, 2022, a little bit. But I mean, these last two seasons were just, it's tough to watch, you know, because I do think he, yeah. he's a competitor. He tries. I mean, he, he's definitely a, a guy you want on your side, but you know, he, I think he just came back too fast. Last yeah. Year. I, I think, think that's he, what I, I totally agree with you too. I think he, I think he wanted to be out there so bad and and that kind of speaks to his, you know, competitive nature too. I think he wanted to be out there so bad that he he hurt himself more, which is yeah. a risky take, but you know, someone who's 25, 26, um, you know, you got to you got to rest when you got to rest, you know. I think learning yeah. from maybe Chris Carpenter's mistakes or um, you know, any any other player um I think just being healthy is such a is such a, a a tool that we don't grasp until it's taken away. Yeah, for sure. But um, other other than the pitching, last year was probably I would say probably probably the most memorable one of the most memorable seasons. You know, cool seven hundred home runs. I sounded like a child. Yeah, we, in my mother in law's house. We didn't even then, we haven't even really touched on the big two. I mean <laughs> No. Yachty uh, and Pujols go- are, are gone. Yeah. I mean, that was their last yeah. season. Yeah. What are so here, but, let me let me put it to you this way. What in your heart of hearts do you feel like Pujols's last season was as important and as special as it was because he left? Or do you think if he would have stayed his entire tenure with the Cardinals, you know, he doesn't go to L.A., Angels or Dodgers. He he stays in St. Louis for life. He plays Mm -hmm. the entirety of his career, you know, same amount of seasons and everything. Do you think his his final season this year was so special because he came back? Or do you think he would have had the same outcry and, and support and everything if he stayed? Yeah, definitely. He's he's the greatest Cardinal of all time. I'm not afraid to admit that. I I, think, I, I totally I think, agree with you. I think he's the greatest Cardinal of all time, and I think if he would have stayed, what you know, twenty seasons, twenty one seasons, uh, the Cardinals, I think it the Cardinals Cardinal fans are the greatest baseball fans on earth. So I mean, look at Yachty. Yachty played eighteen years, correct? And he. Every time he came up to bat or he sat behind the plate, it was a roar at the at the home field. Well, no even on what. the road. I mean, I feel like guys like Yachty, Pujols, Wayno. I know Wayno's coming back, but you know those kind yeah. of guys. No matter where they go, I I I compare it almost to like Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout travels to different cities, and you're never gonna hear him get booed. You're never gonna yeah. hear him. Uh, you know, not not get draw some kind of applause or, or uh, support, you know, I feel like it's not necessarily as much Yachty because I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's as respected because he didn't ever put up like I crazy think numbers or anything like that. Yeah. Or, you know, he was so, I think he was more respected as a, in, in the Latin, Latin community. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. And, and well, and I feel like, Real baseball fans, and even, and I don't mean to, you know, not to gatekeep because I, I feel like everybody, you know, every baseball fan 
deserves an opinion, but I feel like baseball fans that truly watch and follow the game know how good of a player Yadier Molina was. You know, I don't. He's think, one of the greatest catchers of all time, by far. I I I don't know how people can say with a straight face that he's not a Hall of Famer. I I'm not. I'm not going to go crazy and say he's a first ballot. You know, I I would hope he would be, but you know, I I think if you're if you look at the the players who are in the Hall of Fame and you look at the catchers specifically, I don't there's not too many names on that list that I wouldn't put Yachty's career against, you know. I maybe not from a yeah. statistical standpoint, but even even when he played in the World Baseball Classic, dude, I mean, those highlights that came out of that probably propelled his career for another five years. I genuinely think that. I genuinely think the just his ability to compete and garner respect from young Latino players, I think really has has pushed his career further than I I'd say anybody probably expected. I think he's just that it's like having a um you know, on the on in the NBA, it's a floor general, right? Somebody is well respected. They they, uh, you know, clear the clear the paint. You know, they're everybody's looking to them whenever it's game time, right? I feel like Yachty has been that for so long, and you know, I I not necessarily from a production standpoint because I mean his statistics don't lie. You know, he's had significant fall off since probably 2019. So I mean. Yeah. You know, I th- I think just having him in the clubhouse is something that you can't weigh on a Hall of Fame ballot from a statistical yeah. standpoint. Like, I mean, like most catchers, you're, yeah, offense is important, but you're you're gonna need somebody behind the plate that, like, his defensive skills make up for his offensive skills. So I mean, I mean, Piazza. Piazza uh, Pudge, or uh, yeah, Piazza Pudge and uh, Yachty. I mean, those guys are defensive geniuses. I mean, yeah, they're good. They used their offense numbers are good, but what do you remember, Mike Piazza? What do you remember, Ivan Rodriguez? What do you remember, Yadier Molina for? You right. Remember for their defense, right? Yeah. So um, here's a here's a crazy stat. I that I I think. It blows my mind every time I see it. The his multiple of his records when it comes to him behind the plate. I mean, active leaders and records uh, for caught stealing percentage. He has a forty percent caught stealing percentage. So, you know, four out of ten times he's if I understand correctly, he's he's gunning you. And the next closest to him, to him is Roberto Perez at thirty nine you know, right behind him. But mm-hmm. his, uh, the stat that I always loved was the, uh, um, the stat about how many stolen bases have happened against, uh, specific teams. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The, the gap between the cards. It's like thousands. And the neck, it's, it's literally like in the, it probably is a thousand. Um, let me see. I'm going to try and find it. Yeah, while you're looking that up, um, again, with the 22 season, you have Goldie's MVP. NATO was a runner-up, uh, so you got the corners there. Mm-hmm. Then you have some some of that young talent that came up. You got Burleson came up, had a couple of good good games during the 
I want to say that was like late season. He came up. Uh, Gorman, Newt. I mean, he went off. I think he's going to, I think he might just absolutely show out this year. He's I been working so. with I Arnado. really, really, I really, really hope Lars ends up being the player that everybody talks about. You know, I, yeah. it's fun because his name's Newt Bar. You can yell at Newt. You know, he's a, he's a character mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely entertaining, but, you know, I, I really hope he has just an unbelievable breakout season this year because I feel like last year he really broke out, but I feel like more of the hype around him as a, as specifically as a player came from his, his personality and, and being able to yell Newt when he runs up to the plate or, or does something, you know, it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I've never been like crazy high on Newt Bar, but I'm totally fine being wrong. I hope he ends up being our starting right fielder long term. You know, I, I really, I think he's capable. I think he puts in the effort, the you know, the work ethic. You see him always working out on Arenado's story. Um, you know, I, I think he's truly hungry, and I think he's very, very. He's he's underutilized. You know, I think he, I yeah. think he is underrated in, in some sense. But that Cardinals stat yeah, I'm talking about with Yachty, Cardinals allowed 800 from 2005 to 2022. This is at the end of the 2022 season. Cardinals allowed mm-hmm. 887 stolen bases. The next closest team was the Diamondbacks at 1,310. That's 423. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> I mean, that stat alone, like I, I don't see – any way you can keep Yachty out of the hall. I mean, just that, yeah. the Yachty effect. I mean, it's it genu- genuinely is the Yachty effect. And yeah, I think it'll sure. be a case yeah. study even further into the future whenever we have Contreras or Herrera or, or anybody behind the plate. Yeah, better, you know, when, when we take these stats from 2023 to 2030, it's going to, it's really going to show how important he was behind the plate. Yeah, he he was dominant. He was he was well above other catchers from the era. I think he's uh, yeah, he he was a one of a kind. Truly sure. one of a kind, just an all around um, great ball player. Yeah, you got um, that. Yeah. I think um, I really think last year was a year of growth. You know, I, I, you know, it's cliche, like, oh, you know, you, you can't win them all. But I think being Cardinals fans, we're so, we're so uh, programmed to come out on top every season that when we don't, it's a disappointment. I mean, we made it to the, you know, we were in the playoffs. You know, it wasn't, it definitely was not the, definitely was not. I was there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was not the season that we intended for, but I mean, 93 wins, made it to the wild card series and lost to the team that lost the world series. I'm, you know, that's, that's just how it goes sometimes, you know? And I think we saw a lot of growth, obviously Goldie winning MVP, Nato having his best season. Um, and then Donovan won a gold glove. Edmund got hosed. You know, I, yeah. I think everybody took a step forward from last year. And I think that's going to really show this year, especially adding Contreras, which we can talk about, you know, now um, with yeah. the off season. I, 
I think NATO's coming back for revenge season this year. You think so? I think he's gonna. Think so? Yeah, I think he's gonna absolutely just you keep calling thrash. him NATO. It keeps throwing me off. Arenado. <laughs> NATO. I like that. <laughs> no, I do. I think Arenado. I think Arenado's gonna have a better season than he did last year. You know, and that was I. I was looking at his uh, his baseball reference page, and um, I he's. Last season, like it wasn't his best season statistically, just from you know home runs and and things like that. But his wins or uh, his runs. Hang on, sorry. Um, where was I? Was just looking at it. His OPS plus last season was the highest of his career. Um, he had around a three hundred average. His slugging percentage was off the charts. His OPS was great. Um, obviously his defense is always supreme. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't stand out from a statistical state. I mean, 30 home runs, 103 RBIs is, is nothing of a scrub, but you know, yeah. he you know, compared to seasons where he's had 40 home runs, 41 home runs, 42 home runs, 2015, 2016, you know, he, the statistics weren't there, but I really think his contributions outside of the game um, really shined, you know, just, just uh, you can saw it with new bar, you know, like they, yeah. it's awesome seeing them, um, interact in the clubhouse and, and videos of them. And you can really tell new bar looks up to Arenado, you know, I think that's something that like, kind of like what we were saying, it's not tangible. It's not something you can measure. You know, I, I really think him being in that clubhouse for the next four years, five years, however however long is left on his contract, is going to be an invaluable trait that is going to rub off on Gorman and Donovan and Edmund and all these guys too. Yeah, for sure. But um, I yeah, I think, think he's an absolute comeback. For, yeah. uh, for blood. Well, his season. first home run of twenty twenty three is going to be his three hundredth home run of his career. So that's going to oh, be really? cool. That's going to be cool. So he'll hit home too. Yeah, he'll hit 300. Um, his first home run of 2023 will be his 300th. Uh, it'll be his his 11th season. And on Baseball Reference, um, let's see, they usually have projections. Like, what's his 2023 projections? Oh, here we go. Um, his 2023 projection is 25 home runs, 86 ribbies, um, OPS at 806. Um, you know, so they don't, they're not super high on his year next year comparatively to, you know, what he did last year is his age 32 mm-hmm. season is 11th season. But, you know, I, I truly think he's, he's going to go off kind of to what you said. I really hope he does. He's much more yeah, entertaining sure. when he's doing really well. <laughs> yeah. That postseason was hard to watch. I think he went yeah. 0 and between him and Goldsmith. I think it was 0 and 11. Oh, it was tough, dude. That's the only part of the season that I truly – I. it was hard to watch. You know, that beginning of the season, it's like, oh, you know, Cardinals baseball's on. I'm going to watch it regardless how the, how they are playing. But that postseason, I mean, it was just – it was abysmal. I mean, it was disappointing. It was very frustrating. Big Mac was was pretty somber. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I was somber watching yeah. it at home. <laughs> I <laughs> – but, uh, top. Yeah, top. but going into this 23 offseason, um, Contreras was a 
was a fantastic pickup. I think that's a good replacement for Yachty. Um, he looks up to Yachty. I'm sure he's going to be getting some kind of tips and whatever during the during the season from him and how to control the game. Because I'm almost certain that Yachty will probably be sticking around. It's um, some form or fashion. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, what was your, last year so, had it. This is what I'm really curious about. What was your – Per, what was your reaction whenever you heard that Contreras signed? Because I I really feel like as Cardinals fans, we get ourselves so hyped up around everybody that if it's not the best player on the market, we're disappointed. You know, and and in this specific offseason, I mean, we were we were linked to Sean Murphy and um, you know Danny Jansen and and obviously Contreras, but. Um, what was your reaction whenever you heard that Contreras was going to be a Cardinal? I liked it better than Sean Murphy being a Cardinal for some reason. I just think it fit way better. But, um, you know, you have Herrera and you have Yepes. Uh, or not Yepes. Uh, yeah, Herrera. Um, that could probably replace Yachty, but you're probably one of veteran back there. But I was looking for more of a starting pitcher this year. Obviously, we didn't get it yet uh, because Mo just for some reason Mazalak will not sign a pitcher. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know what the yeah I don't know what the deal with that is. But more to yeah he yeah, but the Contreras thing like I think it was a, it was a great pickup. Um, I mean that's a that's our perfect fifth fifth hole batter that's that um, was going to be my next question where are you slotting him in the lineup in your head yeah, he, obviously we can, we can put together a lineup later but you know what initially you're saying he's gonna he's gonna bat in the five hole yeah i think he's he's batting after arenado my biggest is it? my biggest question is who you know obviously if Contreras is batting fifth that means somebody else is gonna have to bat second right you know do you have carlson batting second do you have Newt Barb batting first and Edmund batting second? What's, what's? I mean, for I me, it. yeah. What do you, what, give it? Give it to me. Let me hear it. Uh, you know, I have a lineup right here sitting in front of my face. I'm just gonna go ahead and. T- I, I know we didn't want to do this. We're jumping the go gun, but who cares? Let's let's hear it. I want to yeah. hear it. So I got Newt at center field. I got O'Neill in left. Goldie at first. Arnold at third. Contreras catching. And the big one, I have Jordan Walker as my opening day starter in right field. I got Gorman at second. I got Yepes DH, and I got Edmund at shortstop. So you're so you're all the way out on Dylan Carlson. <laughs> Dylan Carlson has been one of my favorite players to watch, but I think I think Jordan Walker and him probably will switch. But I I got I got to put Jordan Walker. I gotta put Jordan Walker out there. In uh, in 119 games last year, he had 100 runs, 141 hits, 53 extra base hits, 68 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, 58 base on balls, had a 306 average, 388 OBP, 510 slugging, and an 898 OPS. He, I mean, he's an I, absolute stud. I'm very high on Jordan Walker. I'm really glad that. You know, there was a lot of discussion at the trade deadline last year about Juan Soto, which I'm still upset that we didn't get him. But if 
If Jordan yeah, Walker, I thought that was actually going to go through. I did too. I there was there was many times I was hook, line, and sinker. I I went to bed the night before the trade deadline. I remember this. I remember this very vividly. I I went to bed the night before the trade deadline, and I I genuinely thought when I woke up, Soto was going to end up being a Cardinal. I thought by the time I woke up, that deal was going to be done because everybody was talking about this last piece, right? It was between us and the Padres. Yeah. Um, I think that um, – so, and there was another team involved too. I don't remember who it was. Maybe the Mariners or something like that. But I remember them talking about Dylan Carlson and Jordan Walker being the two two pieces they weren't willing to give up. And I, I, I don't believe that for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever came down to that point, genuinely. I think they're so high on Jordan Walker that – I don't even I don't even think his name was brought up seriously in conversation. And I hope it wasn't because I do think he is going to be a stud when he comes up. I don't know where, I don't know what position. I'm okay if he plays a corner outfield position or or even if he DH. He could be a DH too. Right, yeah, exactly. He could definitely be a DH. I think too. he's athletic enough to to really fit in wherever needed, you know. Obviously Arenado's got third locked up for a while. Um Goldie's going to be at first for a while. O'Neal Hit or miss. I mean, he. I think he's got one, one, one season left. I think he's a free agent after this season or next season. Yeah, we, um, have, we have a lot of outfield rotation. We have, and it's been like that forever too. I, I can't remember a time where we didn't have just an insane amount of depth in the outfield. I remember when it was, um, you know, Bader, um, Carlson had just came O'Neal. up. O'Neill just started going off. Um, Edmund would play out there a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even the the pieces we've given up, you know, obviously this is uh, looking back in revisionist history. You know, Adolis Garcia, um, Mm -hmm. Randy Arozarena, Randall Gritchick, players like that. Even in that era, you know, um, the depth was always just always in the outfield. There was too many players, not not enough spots. And I think even more now. With having Newt Bar, Carlson, O'Neill, um, and then Jordan Walker on the on their heels, you know, I I don't know what they're gonna do. I I don't I don't know if Jordan Walker is gonna be an opening day starter. I hope he is, but not at the expense of Carlson. I I really hope not at the expense yep. of Carlson. I think he. Yep. Well, how many? This would be what his third season. I'm looking. I'm looking it up. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love Dylan Carlson out there. I'm just I'm on the Jordan Walker fan bus. I've trained and I've been on it. So, yeah, I've been on it since A ball. But um, I mean, he's. A, I think they have him as four. He's a different breed. Here. I mean, he's just a different. He's a. He's 20 years old. Yeah. Well, in comparing so in and to that point too, what you just said with um with him being twenty, I Carl I'm looking at Carlson's stats. He got called up uh I think half I think he was twenty one. He 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 was twenty one in twenty twenty when he got called up. Um yeah. but I mean he got called up like halfway through the season and it was a pandemic season. Um but his twenty twenty two or uh twenty twenty one season he took he took a, a big jump. He had great, great stats, great counting stats, 18 home runs, 65 ribbies, uh, 780 OPS, 115 OPS plus. Last season, 
I think everybody can agree was a disappointing season, disappointing turnout. His his OPS plus though was a hundred. I mean, he was an average baseball player last year. That's Dylan Carlson yeah. as an average baseball player last year. Eight home runs, forty two ribbies, two thirty six base uh, batting average. You know, I he he got on base. You know, about league average. You know, he he had a, a three sixteen on on base percentage. So. I would have to think that his next season is probably his pin, not pinnacle, but his not. And, and I wouldn't even say make or break. I think he's got a he's got plenty of time to develop. This is going to be his age twenty four season. I mean, he he's yeah. I'm twenty five. Like I, 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 it's hard to put that into perspective because obviously we're not in the the majors, but it's crazy yeah. that someone who's twenty four is already being written off as as a bust. You know. I think he's got a long way to go, uh, but I think he's capable of being a very, very good outfielder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, and it obviously is probably going to fluctuate between uh, whoever's pitching that day and all right. that. So he hits uh, he hits left-handed pitching a lot better. Newt Bar's left-handed. I doubt Newt Bar mm-hmm. sees a lot of pitching on the left-hand side. So I don't know. I hope I hope Carlson uh, really breaks out next season. I hope he has his best season to date. Obviously, we hope everybody does, but just specifically for his sake, yeah. I just want I want him to be successful. I think he's a very, I think he's the kind of guy you want in the clubhouse. He's quiet, keeps to himself. He's uh, but I think it's very obvious that he's very well respected within the clubhouse. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. Uh, there's no reason you, nobody should look down on Dylan Carlson. He's 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 a good player. Bad season, so. not a bad player. Average season. Yeah. It's not even a bad season. That's the crazy part. It was an average season by by the OPS plus metric. You know, hundred yeah, being sure. average. So I'm excited. And um, the off season, uh, kind of back to what we're. I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but um, Contreras is a Cardinal. Very exciting, but that's it. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. Am I unless I'm missing something? That's the only besides Wayno. I'm happy Wayno's coming back. I'm gonna say something that's probably not going to be as agreed to as other takes. I wish, wish, wish he would have went out last season. Or, or even even resign somewhere else. I love Adam yeah. Wainwright. I think he's a wonderful person. I think he's a great baseball player. He's a great pitcher. He's a serviceable pitcher. He eats innings. I really wish we could have used that $17.5 million we're paying him next year to go get anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and we also have about – so that $17 million plus the, I think – extra 15 for the salary space that we made from Yachty and Pujols last year. So, you know, you're looking, you know, 32 million. Um, we yeah, could have uh, turned that 32 million into um, three serviceable signings, you know, correct. obviously we pull yeah. in, we pull in Contreras for 16 and a half million, I think. Um, but I, you know, even at that point, if Wainwright doesn't resign, he's 
that 17 and a half million you go and and disperse elsewhere you know we could have yeah, exactly went and got a, a serviceable bat you know not maybe not necessarily one of the the, the premier shortstops um you know but i think there were definitely options that we missed out on because we had money tied up with with wainwright and um so i i don't know i love wainwright i think he's a very very good person in a I think it would have been perfect for all three of them to retire at the same time. Hundred percent. Storybook ending, wipe it clean, start yeah. the new guard, you know. I yeah, I don't know why he's coming back. I don't know if it's a ego not ego. I don't think he's an egotistical person. Probably a pride it's thing. A pride thing. Right, exactly. He um, yeah. last season he had a one oh three ERA plus, just a little bit above average. He pitched almost two hundred innings. Uh, but he gave up 192 hits in 191 innings. Um, his ERA wasn't anything crazy. Um, 371. I don't know. I I love Adam Wainwright. I don't love that he is back for 2023. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got second, third ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, Stats. I mean, a forty-six point seven WAR, uh, one hundred ninety-five yeah. wins. I didn't realize his uh, his WAR was that that yeah. high. And the yeah, I mean, five more wins, you get two hundred wins, th- uh, three three eight ERA, two World Series, two Gold Gloves, three All Stars. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be a um, ten ballot Hall of Famer. I think he I think he'll be on the ballot all ten years, maybe eight, nine, whatever. I definitely don't think yeah. he's gonna be a one and done or anything like that. I think he might get really close, but I think I think if he's gonna end up being a Hall of Famer, I think it's gonna be like the uh the committee afterwards. The uh, oh, what's the name of it? Like modern day committee. It's like how um this year, like Fred McGriff, you know, he's he's getting inducted yeah. in the Hall of Fame because of that committee. I think it's going to be very similar for for Adam Wainwright. I don't think he's okay. a, I don't think he's a uh, ten ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I hope he is. I just I don't know. I don't see that happening. I hope I hope that I'm wrong. I'm okay with being wrong, but he's a he's definitely a first ballot Cardinal Hall of Famer. Yeah, they're, they're number retired. Dead. Number retired. He's on yeah. the he's on the outfield wall. Hundred percent. I I see that happening. Fifty five and four will will be out on the yeah. wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those numbers will never be used again. Fifty five and four, which is crazy because that means that three, seven, and eight are the only single digit numbers left that um, Cardinals can use. Yeah, I know. There's like ten numbers that the Cardinals teams can use now. That's crazy. There's about it's about fifty retired numbers. So. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But that's what you get. Um, I mean, it's it's such a storied franchise, and you have so many great players yeah. come through. It's you know you have to honor them, and that's how they do it. I love it. So yeah, but going on to the a little more with the twenty three off season. John Mosellock, the Cardinals GM, came out saying that he is they were not looking for any starting pitching this entire time. Which is 
So, but I mean, just in, insane. We were. Yeah, that's bonkers. I don't, and and I don't know if this is like a, a personal opinion on, on my end with the you know the rumor mill and source you know sources and everything. I mm-hmm. feel like every off season we're linked to somebody that we were never in on. You know, I, this yeah. year it was shortstops, right? You know, there was there were talks we we the Turner, Dansby, and Trey Turner, and all these things. But by the you know his last press conference, I listened to him. He was like, "Yeah, we never were even close to to being in on any of those guys." He said it wasn't even a wasn't even a thought. You know, I don't know if that's a lie on his part, just to cover his ass, or um, you know anything like that, but. Just uh, it blows my mind because we have a pitching staff made up of five, six starters that all have injury history. None have solid ace status and a minor league system full of starters that are probably a year out. Probably probably still need another season. Graceffo took a big step last year. Um, McGreevy. McGreevy, Liberator. Um, you know, there's guys that are ready, but ready in a sense that they'll, they're, they will be ready. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the, the pitching staff. I love our bullpen. I'm really happy about our bullpen. I don't, I don't think there was any, um, super important need to go pick up a, a reliever, maybe a lefty. Um, you know, but I'm really, I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that, we uh, we didn't ever get anybody to to supplement that bull, that staff. Yeah, I mean, I would. In my opinion, I wish that we would have went out, got a starting pitcher, um, and I'll say it, and you can call him a bad guy, whatever you want to do. Go get go get Trevor Bauer. Go get Mickey Mouse Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer. He's getting twenty two and a half million from the Dodgers, right? Why not sign him for one year, sign him for league minimum, 750000 or a million, whatever you want to do, because we're going to have $15 million of salary open up from Yachty and Pools. I mean, the year that he pitched, 8-5, eight, eight a two five nine ERA, he had one complete game, in 107 innings pitch, 137 strikeouts, and he had a one dotter zero zero three whip. He a one dot whip is incredibly good. He's and and I want to preface this by saying I don't I don't know how to put this in in the most PG whatever. I he's just a psychopath. That's what he, he is. He is a psychopath and. I, every 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 organization he has been a part of, I there has been stuff that about him just being absolutely just a, a maniac. Which I think so. I think at some points can be detrimental to a team. I do think that yeah. there there has to be at least a little weight behind the accusations. You know, obviously we can't we can't dance around that yeah. subject. You're bringing in somebody who already has mm-hmm. negative connotations around him. He's already you know burnt every bridge essentially that he's he's ever had with with other teams you know um if and and i think the nail in the coffin for me 
with him as to not not that I I don't want that production obviously and you know if you yeah. put player A and player B next to each other without any history or past behind them and one side is Trevor Bauer and the other one is a serviceable pit, serviceable pitcher yeah of course you know it makes sense but I think having him the Dodgers not picking him or, or keeping him regardless of the salary regardless of of anything like that I think the Dodgers yeah, but it says a lot says a ton because the Dodgers yeah the Dodgers are an organization that I think they they would have if anybody would have they would have kept him right because of how yeah. good of a pitcher he is and there's no there's no arguing that point right there's no arguing the point that he's a very above average pitcher I think the negative connotations around him and the accusations and and obviously all of this is alleged you know um all of the the accusations but having that negative connotation in the clubhouse i think it impacts the players i i do i think i think that it would impact the players to a sense that they're not just managing their image or their their production they're also having to answer questions of what's it like sharing a clubhouse with trevor bauer you know what's what has he done to you know mend bridges whatever it is you know i i would love to have him i would have loved to have him prior to the um 2022 season but you know just with the dumpster fire that comes with him i yeah and, and i've heard probably best to le- to let sleeping dogs lie you know, I think that's probably yeah. where I stand on it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard things, or listen, maybe, maybe an interview I was listening to about, uh, you know, those those MLB players, they don't want, they don't want to be on your their his blog. I mean, he runs a right. blog or whatever, but he they they don't want to be on that. They don't want to be bothered in the clubhouse with all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've heard he's he's got issues in the clubhouse and uh, I know that the Cardinals organization, it's a, it's a very moral, uh, the Cardinal way. Driven. Yeah. It's a very moral driven organization. And like that's, they have I think set. that's like the nail in the coffin, just even without opinion. I mean, just Mosellac and DeWitt and, you know, the, the management that, that holds such a high standard. I mean, look at, look at our, our key players, from t- 2000 to now, right? Goldschmidt, Arenado, um, Pujols, Wayno, Chris Carpenter, you know, guys who, who, when you look back at these teams, names pop out as being Cardinals, right? Because they were a specific caliber and specific breed of baseball player. You know, the Cardinals took that very seriously. And I think it still holds some merit today. You don't see a lot of Cardinals with um, flashy antics. You know, Bader was probably the closest thing to it. And, you know, he's not even here anymore. So, yeah. you ha- it's a specific, very, they, they, the product they put on the field is Yankee adjacent without cutting the hair. You know, like it's, they yeah. put themselves to a very high standard. And having that in the clubhouse, I think, is just, it's probably just best to let sleeping dogs lie. Kind of back to what I said. I I would love to have that caliber pitcher, but 
It's tough. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, not even ju- just Trevor Bauer, but I mean, you know, Liam Hendricks was out there, but unfortunately, you know, he I, that he got that he was diagnosed with is it Hodgkins? Yeah, he just got that cancer. Um, yeah, but he, I mean, there was plenty of pitchers out there on the market. There was, um, yeah. Noah, Noah Syndergaard was out there. Um, you know, Quintana kind of going back. I was, I pulled up Quintana stats too because I wanted to, I just wanted to look at them and just uh, piss myself off. He was a dog. He was a dog. I mean, he was a dog. Like his, yeah, he his been, run would have been a good. His run with the like Cardinals three. was insane. Sixty-two innings. Uh, 14 earned runs. His uh, his ERA plus was a 191. With and yeah. just for everyone listening out there who doesn't um, un- quite understand analytics to that extent, ERA plus is a statistic that takes um, your it takes your earned run average um, and then it, it, it divides it by the league average of earned runs earned run average and 100 is your baseline. You multiply that by 100. 100 is a baseline. So um, 100 is league average. Anything below it is uh, below league average. Anything above it is above league average. So 100 being the baseline. He had a 191, almost double that of an average player. He had the his his run with the Cardinals, 12 starts with the Cardinals, was almost double the production of an average baseball player. That is just – that's insane. And and he he signed for what like two years. Um, let me pull up his his uh, his last deal he just got. Um, salaries here we go. He signed with the Mets, two years, thirteen mil a year. I, I mean, what are we? That would put him in jail, like in a in a coffin. I mean, that. like I I just want to like rear naked chokehold John Mozalak for that alone. I mean, like I, it's just so mind-boggling that someone that is so successful in their tenure with the Cardinals doesn't even get a look. I mean, I, I, in, in back to the point that you said, if, if what Mosaic said is true, they never even tried to re-sign. They never even tried to re-sign Jose Quintana who had by far the best pitching season. And it was less than half a season for the Cardinals. To me, that just like that screams negligence. That screams digging. That's your probably your sand. I mean, that's that's your two or three pitchers. That's your two. I mean, starter. you know, Wayno's going to be your one right off the bat. But as the season progresses, if at the end of the season in the playoffs, your game one starter is probably Jose Quintana. He was Jose for Quintana, us, wasn't he, last Jordan year. Montgomery. Yeah. Was he? Jordan was he Montgomery. not? Or was Jordan yeah, Montgomery number one? Jordan started one, and then I think Katana started one. If I'm, uh, yeah, I'm right. pretty sure they were one. Or maybe two. Michaelis. I'm pretty sure they were one two. Um, postseason pitching. Let me pull it up. Um, I, it's it's either Monty Michaelis or Monty uh, Quintana. Quintana. So Quintana definitely got a start. Um, he he went five and a third, two hits, a walk, three Ks, no worms. Was that game two? I think it was. Doesn't say. Yeah, that was game two. I mean, just that alone is it. It's it's wildly frustrating that they didn't even yeah. think about bringing him back. 
So to me, that I mean, that kind of seals the deal of of the the off season. You know, I think their biggest contribution to the team was the their biggest contribution. Obviously, was Contreras, but I mean, their off season is going to be defined by what they didn't do. Not not necessarily yeah. by who they signed, but by who they didn't sign, who they could have signed. You know, it's very disappointing, but we ride with them either way. All right, so we're going to do a segment. I think um, the consensus between Zach and I kind of uh, with our planning and talking about it is that we want to involve as many Cardinals fans as possible. So with that, we're, we're launching social media, obviously. Follow us on Twitter at Bush underscore League Pod. Um, what's our Instagram handle, Zach? Uh, it will be, if uh, we can, I believe it's just, it's just Bush league official underscore. Okay. So it's, we're going to, at some point, once we kind of get off the ground and we're able to get our feet set and, and our bearing straight, we're going to make everything very, um, streamlined as far as all of our names will be the same and, and everything like that. But I think the biggest thing is that we want to hear from you guys. So we set up an, an email account, uh, you know, a, a Gmail um, for everybody, you know, Cardinals fans, non-Cardinals fans to send in questions. We want to hear from you guys. We want to answer questions. Um, you know, we'll shout you out on the pod and, uh, you know, we'll answer any questions that you send. So our email will be in the link below, but um, it is bushleaguecardspod at gmail.com. So that is bushleaguecardspod at gmail.com. So rolling into our last segment, um, we're going to do something that I think a lot of people do um, when they're talking about tiering and um, you know putting, putting together uh, Mount Rushmore's and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think it's very common for, for a lot of people to do that drafts and whatnot. We're going to do a little mix of everything. Um, we, our topic today for our, this segment, which we haven't named yet. So if anybody has any, uh, you know, any suggestions, please reach out to us. We'll shout you out. We'll give you credit, but we're going to draft slash make our Mount Rushmore's of our favorite moments that we've experienced as Cardinals fans. So that can, you know, span from, um, you know, when we were alive and witnessed them in person or learning about them from family members um, or, or just simple, simple moments that uh, maybe may, maybe gave us a chuckle or something. But um, I figure we'll just we'll we'll draft them. We'll go back and forth and then um, we'll let you guys vote who had the better who had the better selections. So, Zach, I'll let you go first because I'm so confident that you're not going to have some of the ones I have on my list. So I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I think my okay, my number one. The one one. This is this is a lot of pressure. You, there's a clear cut favorite. I think that everybody will agree on. So you know, not to not to give you some pressure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, man, probably this one I didn't witness, but I remember watching it. And it'll be the 2005 NLCS Game 5 
Pools gets a, hits an absolute just tank three run home run over the over the tracks in, in Houston. Great pick. Great pick. I was on my list. Um, yeah, to the, to that point too. Obviously, we weren't there. I don't. I wish I would have remembered that moment. I and like I said, my I feel like my Cardinals fandom kind of started in like 2006 when they won the World Series. But that is such an iconic home run. I think if you drafted a list of most iconic home runs of all time, I think that would be on in the top five. Yeah. I mean, it's it it is viewed as the downfall of Brad Lidge as a pitcher. I mean, you can pinpoint you, you saw his soul. You you can pinpoint the exact moment when his career decided to take a downturn. Right. I mean, as soon as that ball leaves his hand, you can he drops to a knee. It's crazy. Yeah. Great pick. Um, not my clear cut number one. So I'm gonna take this off the board. Um, I'm gonna take the David Fries triple in 2011. That was. Oh yeah. That was to me the most important moment in Cardinals history. And just because of the the weight behind it, right? Freeze grew up in St. Louis. He was a hometown hero in a sense, you know? We were down to our last strike. Shout out Nelson Cruz. Um, you know, and, and obviously, I'm sure you'll probably take the the next pick that that we that led into this, but um, that triple quite I, I mean it's the most iconic moment in Cardinals history, at least in the last 30 years, to me, at least, obviously, you know, with, with pool in regards to Pujols' home run, but as far as, you know, bringing a championship to the city and being a hometown hero, you know, that to me, that, that is just clear cut the best moment in maybe the entirety of Cardinals history. Yeah. Are we doing three? Uh, we can do three or four. It's up to you. All right. All right. We'll do three. We'll do, we'll three. do three. All right. Okay. What's your, you, it's up. It's, uh, it's your pick again. I'm not going to do the David freeze home run because we'll just, I think that let's just talk about that. Moment, so neither of us have to pick it because I think that is okay to me. That That's is probably the greatest. Yeah. I mean, it's the triple I think is the most important the home yeah. run, I think, the was the most run. iconic. Yeah. You know, the For call, sure. the the moment itself, what led up to it, Berkman's single into center. Um, you know, I all of that together making that moment. Even Josh Hamilton's home run the, the inning before. Shout out Josh Hamilton. Where's he at? Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, I that yeah. home just the entirety of what led up to that home run and then the call we'll see you tomorrow night you know this yeah. so iconic so i think yeah i think that's better left off of both of our lists and just it's like the it's like the Le, the lebron rule right like all right who's your yeah we'll keep lebron off the board it, who's your next go. yeah exactly yeah so who's your so, who's your next pick so i remember watching this vividly and then i remember buying the dvd for this but the nlcs game six 2006 yachty hits the home run the, the field, left field against the the mets i love that pick that was on my list that yeah, was on my I, that, list. that's probably one of my favorites i remember watching it 
very, yeah. very vividly. I, I can remember the exact, like where I was, the exact moment. I can picture it in my yeah. brain so vividly. I was going, I got, I was going so crazy over that, that my mom had to tell me to chill out. Like, and she's <laughs> probably just as big, if not a bigger fan than I am. I was like jumping on, yeah. top. I, I was like jumping on her head. Like she, I, I was, I was, you know, eight years old, whatever. I was like, we're going to the world series. And there was no <laughs> left of baseball, you know, like it was, that was such a cool moment. And I think that, you know, it, it was, uh, it was the starting point to Molina's, Hall of Fame candidacy with yeah, the Cardinals. Right? You know, like yeah. I, I think that was his first iconic moment of his career that kind of catapulted him. Yeah, for sure. And then the Andy Ch- Chavez stealing the home run, you know, an inning or two before that. That was yeah, such a good game. I, I That was probably one of my favorite Cardinals games of all time. Yeah. Great. That was always a battle. Great them. pick. I almost, um, I almost want to piggyback off of your pick for for uh, another moment that was similar to that. But I'm going to pick something else. I'm going to pick something that has been engraved in my brain, um, you know, since it happened. Uh, my pick is going to be the 2014 NLDS where Matt Adams takes Kershaw yard. Oh yeah, that's oh, a really good one. God. Matt Adams. I know, I send that to all my Dodgers fans. Cardinal legend, uh, my Dodgers Matt friends. Adams. That home run, I, I mean, Kershaw Kershaw is – Is a nuke. I mean, Kershaw is probably the best pitcher of our generation. You know, you can make arguments for Verlander or Scherzer or whatever, yeah. but he – Adams' home run off of him quite literally tarnished his entire playoff reputation there's nothing he can do now i mean he could he could throw 30 shutout innings in the next you know three postseasons and it, and we will still talk about matt adams home run off of him <laughs> and that i mean just the iconic picture of like the big hanging curveball starting at his head and dropping down into the middle of the plate and then matt adams swing just being such like a golf swing almost it's such a yeah. such a aesthetically pleasing video to watch. It's one of my favorites. I watch it whenever I get bored sometimes just because it's so iconic. <laughs> All right. What Let's is your see. final pick, sir? Uh, I got to actually witness this one uh, last year. Um, I got to skip work, my civilian work, to go to this. Um they bought me tickets. I got to sit right behind home plate or uh, dugout, Carl's dugout. Uh, I got to witness Yachty and Wayno's 324th battery start. That's a great, great pick. I love that. Yeah, that was that was great. Such a crazy stat. Such a, a just unbelievable stat. 324 starts together. Yeah, that, that's that probably – Nowadays, probably you don't see too many pitchers and catchers. I don't think. Around. I don't think there's anybody that's ever going to come close. I don't. It's one of those no, stats. You, so it's one of those stats you look at, and it's like uh, you know Barry Bonds' season where he got walked like 230 sometimes. You know, like no one is touching that yeah. that 
forever. DiMaggio's 56 um, – it was Joe DiMaggio, right? 56-game hitting streak? Yeah, Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Ichiro, 262 hits. Um, bueno and Yachty, 324 starts. I don't think anybody's ever touching that. Yeah. Great pick. Great pick. Right. So my final pick um, to me – I, I'm I'm in between. Okay, so hear me out. So I'll I'll make my pick and then I will I will give an explanation. I'll tell you my runner up. Yeah, I'll give you my explanation for my pick that I probably shouldn't would should wouldn't even be allowed to be a pick. But my pick is going to be the the play um, of Chris Carpenter, where he's uh, I think it was during his shutout. Did he flip it? Um. Where he he like makes the diving play, dive, catch, yeah. and, and tags the base all in one motion. I think yeah. that is like that is probably my favorite play of all time. Like of all time, my favorite. You got those PFPs, dude. I I mean, you know, being a pitcher myself, <laughs> you know, I I would never have done that. I there's if someone throws <laughs> that ball to me while I'm running over there, I'm like, you, you might as well take second. Like, there's no way I'm diving and making that. And the fact that he caught it. And, like, all in one motion, he, like, dives over the bag. And he didn't get stepped on. I mean, the fact that yeah. he didn't end his season right there is mind-boggling to me. <laughs> it's crazy. I love that. That's one of my favorite moments of all time. Like, it, not even Cardinals history. Just one of my favorite plays to watch. But yeah. I was caught up between that or the um, Matt Carpenter's, like, month – month and a half tear where he hit like 20 home runs like in the second half of the season what that was and and he ended up finishing that was like his mvp season right he ended up finishing like third in uh nba yeah. voting or something like that all because of like yeah. the second half of his season matt and and matt i should preface matt carpenter is my favorite cardinal of all time so i i hold some sentimental value to that pick if i if i would have picked it i didn't credit to me but I, uh, yeah, Matt Carpenter's uh, my favorite Cardinal of all time. So I, I hold that. That was 2018. That second half was the most electrifying half of baseball, I think, ever. I, he, he went on such a tear that every time he came up to the plate as a Cardinals fan, I, I was it was like must-see television. He had like uh, – I feel like he had like 11 at-bats in a row where he either – got on base or scored a run or something crazy like that. He finished ninth in MVP voting. Um, but he, I mean, before that stretch of games, he, I don't think he would have even been in consideration for top 20. You know, it was yeah. good of a second half of baseball. Man. I'm a big, yeah. I'm My runner up was, was, fan, was the 06 just world series. Yeah, just in general. Well, I mean, yeah, we can run through like the, you know, we, obviously the 20, 2006 World Series was awesome. The 2011 was amazing. All the moments in between. I had, um, I had Wayne. I think that 06 World Series was just like, you know, the, the first ever World Series I ever saw the Carlos witness. Well, that yeah, that's what I'm watching. Like yeah, Scott Spezia, Scott yeah. Rowe, David Eckstein, Aaron Miles, David Eckstein, Belliard. Yeah, I that team was so. That team was so cool, and and they weren't good. Yeah. I mean, they won like what eighty eight no. 
83. 83 games. I mean, that's like I, I think, think 83. I think that's the the least amount of wins a World Series team has ever won, like in a season. I think that that is uh, a true stat. I'm just rambling that off the top of my head, but I like. I'm almost sure it's 83. But yeah, 83 and 78. And they won the World Series. Like that's that yeah. team should not have been anywhere near as good as they were. No. That was a fun series too. What playing the Tigers? That's, those are probably my most. Yeah, my that was like Verlander and like rookie Kenny year, Rogers, maybe? dude. That's a name you haven't yeah. heard in a while. Kenny Rogers, the lefty. Yeah, yeah, Placido Polanco. Um, it was before Miggy went over. Um, Maglio or Ordonez. Just some dudes. I mean, they they put together yeah. both of those teams. Just they neither of those teams should have been as good as they were. In fact, they played in the World Series. Yeah. Hilarious. But yeah, that um, I almost I almost picked uh, Wainwright's strikeout of Beltron in the uh, in the yeah that's legendary. Oh, that curveball! Just oh, chef's kiss. I, oh, Uncle Charlie. Such a good, such a good uh, aesthetically pleasing. It was right down the middle too. I mean, I think in any yeah. other circumstance, that ball's hit like five hundred feet. Yeah, I think he he may have, may have been looking for like fastball up or yeah, something, but no chance yeah, he that curve because it was full count. It was a full count breaker right down the middle, and it, it yeah. buckled him. Such yeah. a good moment. I didn't really. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Matt Carpenter's uh, baseball reference page. He had 199 hits in 2013. That's he finished fourth in MVP yeah. voting too. I didn't even realize that. 55, hey. 55 doubles, 126 runs. He only had 11 home runs. His uh, his OPS plus was 140. The only other season he ever uh, had a better OPS plus was last season with the the Yankees but I mean that was a much smaller sample size and then 2018 mm-hmm. when he went on that crazy run he had a 143 he had a 217 last year in 47 games with the Yankees 15 home runs in 47 games yeah he he had a little he had a little streak going there for a little bit that was fun to watch I'm a big Carpenter fan I don't care where he's at I don't care if he's with the Padres Cardinals Yankees whatever I'm gonna cheer for him he's cool. a good just an yeah. all-around good dude. But yeah, I think right. that's, uh, I think that concludes the pod. Zach, do you have anything you want to say? Any final thoughts? No, I mean, we're gonna make, we're trying to make it some, some good, good content for you guys. Try to get some people on. Try to, try to be more involved. Get, get some video up once we, once we figure that out. But. Yeah, we. We're, uh, we're what, what everybody, everybody doesn't know is that we were supposed to start recording at six thirty. I think we started recording at seven ten ish. You know, we we're trying to figure out the video stuff. We're gonna do better about that. Um, you know, obviously we're we're very excited and we're very devoted to this. I think we both, you know, that we have some. Um, I guess we we have some financial skin in the game now. You know, we. Uh, Mm-hmm. We're, we're putting some investment towards it. So we're really excited. I hope everyone else is really excited that listens to this. I hope anybody listens to this, you know, I, even just one yeah. person, you know, I, I hope we reach one person who shares the same interests that we do with the Cardinals. Um, 
you know, and, and we're going to keep producing content regardless. Uh, I think we have some cool stuff set up for the season. We have some stuff planned for um, spring training and obviously opening day and, and moving into the season. We'll start to have more consistency with our recording schedule and releasing podcasts and whatnot. But the moral of the story is stay tuned. We are we are just getting started. Um, shout out Andrew Northern for helping us uh, put together the logo. Shout out Brandon Shaper for putting together the intro and outro. Um, shout out to all of you for listening. I hope I hope when I say all of you, there's more than one person besides my mom. Shout out my mom. I know she'll listen. Um, <laughs> other than that, I think we're good. All good, Zach? Yeah, all good. All right. Well, that is the Bush League Podcast Episode 1. We're out of here.